It's Wednesday, I think. I don't know, but it's Christmas season, holiday season, all of that good stuff. So happy holidays to everyone out there watching. We're going to do some housekeeping and then we're going to just jump right into it because I am so behind. We're going to we're going to wrap up three episodes today. Uh, episodes four, five and six, because you know what? I'm going to be really honest with you guys, I'm having a hard time getting through these episodes. I personally think that this could have been a two-hour special and called it a day. Seriously. However, it's a season. We're committed to it, so let's get through it. Uh, wherever you're watching, if you hit that thumbs up, that'd be great. Um, <laughs> Crystal said, okay, one shoulder, I see you channeling Tiffany. <laughs> you're ridiculous. Um, support the show. Bottom of the screen, you can see where you can support the show. Uh, shout out to my Patreon subscribers. Without you guys, these shows wouldn't happen. So I appreciate your support. Um, if you are on, you guys are a hot mess. You guys are coming in hot in the live chat. Um, if you guys are on YouTube or um, yeah, just on YouTube, we have super chat, super stickers. Feel free uh, to spread that holiday cheer. And on that note, is everyone ready for Christmas? Because I cannot believe that it's a few days away. I honestly cannot believe it. And I just want to say for the record that, don't get me started, but all, all the stuff that's going on in the world, like I need a break, okay? I need a break from it. I want to go outside. I want to travel and do whatever I want to do. I need a break. That's all I'm saying. Okay. So the single life starts with Ed. I don't understand why they always start with Ed, by the way. Like, can we ease into Ed? This is the first thing I have to see all the time when I, that's probably, I think I figured out what it is, why I'm having such a hard time. Anyways, uh, back on episode four. Hi, all. Hi, all. <laughs> Susan says she hasn't wrapped a thing for Christmas and neither has Mary. Um. Ed's back from Vegas uh, with that date he had with Mia. And, you know, Mia was not feeling him. Mia was not feeling him. And I can't blame her, y'all. I can't blame her because full cried, cried on the first date, talked all about his ex-girlfriend. Like, who wants to be on a date with someone who's still hung up on their ex and then starts getting all emotional? Like, this is a therapy session. Stop it. So he asked for a second date. Uh, but she's been ghosting him as she should be because he's a hot mess. Um, and we also know in real time how things end up. So clearly he was still stuck on his ex-girlfriend, Liz, who is now his fiance. So we could, that's what I'm saying. We could have wrapped this storyline up quickly. I could one hour. Here it is. This is what's happening. Boom. Anyhow, he says that he's a crybaby. He's an emotional guy. He's telling his mom, Norma, you know, about this date and uh, how Mia's kind of ghosting him. And 
it's all because he's a crybaby. Well, listen, you guys, I've said it before and I'm going to say it again. Yeah, he's a crybaby, but he can bring on the tears in a heartbeat. It's like a, to me, it's like a form of manipulation. Think about it. Where's one time that you've seen Ed on any of the tell-alls or even any of the interviews he's done where he doesn't start crying and he's the victim in the situation? I just find it very telling. So anyways, he is outside talking to his mom. He's giving his his 11-year-old mini Maltese uh, Teddy a bath. We find out Teddy is his best friend. Um, and, you know, he takes Teddy everywhere. And then the thing that got to me, you guys, was the fact that he was telling his mom that it literally, this is what he said, it felt good to be on a date with an adult. Now, y'all know. For someone to literally say it felt good to be on a date with an adult as a 56-year-old man, enough said. Enough said. And I know that you guys know that and heard all the things already, so I don't even need to go there. But the simple fact that you had to make that statement speaks volumes about who you are as an individual. But again, he's the victim right now. So Mia is ghosting him. He can't understand why. Really? Ed, you can't understand why this girl would not want to have a second date with you? Because, you know, I could tell you about 10 things off the top of my head. Um, But, you know, Norma, who's adorable, says, you know, just give it time. You know, you're looking for someone closer to your age. Mom wants her him to date a Latina because Latina women are faithful and more willing to have a marriage that's uh, unified and that family is first for them. Love and respect is all part of the Latina culture. And I agree with that. I think that that's true. But however, I don't think Latinas are the only ones that, you know, are willing to have a marriage that's unified. I think everyone who gets married wants their marriage to be unified and, you know, they want the unit, the family unit, to be the most important thing. So I don't think that's strictly uh, a Latino culture thing. I think it's a people thing. I think we all want to have that. Correct me if I'm wrong. So anyways, um, <clears throat> his friend Laura is helping him find a girlfriend because he's going to explore that Latina option and he's ready to explore quote unquote, my culture, his culture. And so she sets up a video conference call with Kaori. Now here's what irritated me, you guys. How many times did Ed say, I, and I want, if you guys can remember back to episode four, he couldn't say her name, Kaori. He kept saying Kaoti. Did you notice that? Kaoti, Kaoti. And he would pause before he could say his name, Kaori. I would think that, you know, if you want to explore your Latin culture, the first thing you would want to do is learn how to say your date's name correctly. But what do I know? <laughs> so Laura, his friend, is helping. They do a three-way FaceTime. Um and he feels like he can tell right away that she's a great girl. Uh, we find out Carrie's 38 years old. She's a single mom. Um, and he's really digging her. He feels like she's down to earth, all the things. She already says from the get-go, her first impression of Ed was that he had a big ego. And I was like, if that is not 
a true statement? I don't know what is. <clears throat> Susan said, I thought he was calling her Coyote. He was, Susan. That's what I'm saying. He he couldn't say Kaori for the life of him. He was saying Coyote. So you guys are all right in the live chat. And I'm just saying, like, make an effort, Ed, to say her name right. Because he said Coyote a bunch of times. Uh, so he says... You guys, like we already didn't know that, that he's wounded from his last relationship and he really wants to be in a relationship that um, pays him attention, um, which, you know, if that's not a narcissistic personality trait, I don't know what, like that's the first thing you're looking for. You're looking for to make sure that that person pays attention to you. Okay. Uh, but he likes Kelly and he feels like he wants to get a, get to know her. So after that one FaceTime, he decides that he's going to buy a ticket for himself, his mom and his dog. And they're going to go down to Mexico city to meet her. Y'all don't think that's a bit strange. So. Not only is he going to go meet her, he is going to bring a gift for her. So he's shopping with his friend um, at some like rock store that's about energy and all of that stuff. Hi, Merlita. She says, Merry Christmas watching from the Philippines. We just finished talking to Rose Merlita in the Philippines just about an hour ago. So welcome. Oh, dopey dope. Thank you so much for the super sticker. That is very kind and generous of you. I really appreciate the support. It's very kind. Um, so he's going to Mexico. That That's the big takeaway. And he is going to bring his mom and he's going to bring his dog. And he feels like between like the sage and him, did you guys, the rose quartz and blessing the rock and sleeping with the rose quartz under his bed, that that's going to bring love and romance into his life. And uh, <clears throat> so he's off to Kalima, Mexico. And I don't know if you guys remember this part too, but you guys know that I get distracted by things. So he's wearing a black shirt, like I'm wearing a black shirt, but I don't know if it was like his gray chest hairs I don't know if it's a gray hair in his head, but he had like hair, all these gray hairs on his shirt and it was distracting me. I was like, is that, did a chest hair pop up and off and onto your shirt? And not just one of them, like a lot of them. What is happening? Um, so <clears throat> he gets to Columbia and he's like, you know, I'm going to have separate rooms from his mom. And I was like, well, of course you're going to have a separate room from your mom because you're a grown ass man. Why would the two of you stay in one room together? That doesn't make any type of sense to me. And, and it should not be a question, but apparently it was a question. So he gets there and he's having his, he's getting ready with his lucky underwear and his lucky socks and his red shirt and he's gonna meet up with Kelori um at a cafe and they get there and you know there's a bit of a language barrier and all the things 
Um, but he's trying to make the best of it. And he thinks she's beautiful and you're beautiful and you're beautiful. All the things that he says all the time. You guys get the gist of it. Um, and all of a sudden gunshots break out outside of the cafe and everyone scrambles. They're freaking out. They're scared, all the things. And then like 15 minutes go by and we find out that um, it's safe to come out. And then, of course, Ed did the whole thing. He thought he was going to die. And Kaori was, they were huddled together and in each other's arms. And she was praying and she was crying in his arms. And that just bonded them. And they just have this bond. That's a trauma bond, by the way. Wait, Dopey Dope, you sent me another super sticker. That is very, you know what? I really appreciate you. I really do. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, it's called a trauma bond. That's what that is. You're traumatized, not only by your date, but by the gunshots. Uh, that's not nice of me. By the gunshots that are outside. So the law enforcement uh, apparently had a misunderstanding, and it wasn't like a criminal versus the law. It was, a, it was two law enforcement agencies that had a misunderstanding, with each other and I guess one of them like discharged their gun which is scary to think about so you guys are just like ooh I'm mad at you and I haven't like really really that happens um but Carrie took it really personally and she was like you know embarrassed for my city and embarrassed for what happened here on our first date and Ed's like you know what this is not your fault um, it happened. It is what it is, and I don't. I don't hold it against you. However, Ed took from that that they have bonded and they've drawn closer to each other, and so he invites her back to his hotel. And I was like, that is such a a move, a move. You bonded in trauma, and now you want to invite her back to your your hotel room. You know that this nice girl is not going to do anything with you, Ed. Originally. Her first impression of you was that, you know, you were full of yourself. So she's just being nice. And instead of going home, yeah, she'll, she's traumatized. She's going to go back with you, but nothing's going to happen, Ed. Uh, so they go back to the house uh, or to the hotel because he doesn't want to be alone. He doesn't think that she should be alone. Uh, they're talking about how it was an interesting first date. Um, and she is really like a thinker, right? So she said that this was a moment that was like a transformational moment for her. Um, and they both feel lucky to be alive and that they realize that life is short and you have to live in the moment and all the things that we should be trying to do anyways. Um, so I'm thinking you didn't want her to be alone and go home by herself so you bring her back to the hotel now you know that she's a good girl she's not going to do anything so are you offering to like set her up in her own room so that she doesn't have to be alone no that does not what happened he offers her some water they have a five minute conversation and he sends her on her way so why did i come all the way back here to talk about nothing for you to offer me some water and then I just have to go on my merry way and you don't, you don't do anything. 
you don't even you don't even walk me out to a ride share. We just bonded, like you said, over trauma and all the things. And you thought you were gonna lose your life and all the things, and then you're just gonna be like, okay, peace out. Make it make sense. So in the meantime, I just want to talk about how cute Norma is. And I wanted to ask you guys, because I know that a lot of you have issues with pigtails. You guys have like talked about Rebecca. You guys have talked about Stephanie. Um, but I think the little pigtails on Norma are adorable. Like, I just think that she's adorable. And I want to know how you guys feel about the pigtails on Norma versus some of the other cast members that we have seen with pigtails because you guys are rough. Woo! You guys are opinionated about the pigtails. I think it's adorable on her. And I'm glad that she got the opportunity to kind of just hang out in Mexico and relax. I did notice that um, maybe there's an issue going on with her walking uh, because I noticed that she's had to take, you know, breaks here and there. So I hope that her health is all good because she does seem like a very sweet character. Um, Crystal says she's cute. And Susan says she looked cute. Her and Teddy are the best. I agree. I agree. And I just wonder how this really kind, sweet lady. You can finish the rest of that. <laughs> all right. On to Jesse and Jennifer. Despite what you guys think, I feel like these two have crazy good chemistry. They're both like the same type of personality. I feel like they match. I feel like you can see their chemistry popping off, off the screen. So uh, we had ended up with her and him in bed. And, you know, they ended up sleeping together. Oh, Dopey Dope, you're the best. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, ended up sleeping together within 24 hours. And Jesse kept saying that it wasn't even 24 hours and that he feels like a virgin again and that he's rediscovering his, his virginity. And if he can explain it, it would be the fire emoji. Um, and that they both feel like they've known each other for a long time, that they've been together for a long time. Um, and, you know, Jennifer was pushing for like this let's make this happen. And so she was happy that they connected sexually. Um, and when they were talking to camera, she was saying how she started a fire in him and that they both take turns being the dominant and all the things. <laughs> and here's what made me laugh. You guys, I fell out. I fell out. So the producer says, uh, to Jesse, to both of them, and Jesse answers first, was this the best sex you ever had? And Jesse says, yes, and looks at her all longingly. And then Jennifer does this. She shakes her head and says, one of the best. And then she shrugs her, her shoulders like, it was all right. It wasn't the best. It was one of the best. But she's shaking her head. No, you guys, I died. <laughs> oh, I died of laughter. Um, so they're waking up. Breakfast, not in bed, but basically breakfast in bed. They're kind of like 
glowing in all the aftermath of their night together. And uh, <laughs> now on day two, day two, right? Because you guys know how I feel about meeting someone in real life. Like you got to spend some time with them. And just like when she was dating Tim, she introduced the kid like immediately, like brought the kid to the airport. So now on day two with Jesse, she's going to introduce not only her mom, but her child. And I just think that that's like, I don't know. I'm not a parent, but I I hear how parents talk and parents are mostly like, nah, until I know for sure that you're going to be a part of my life for a long time and we're in it for the long haul, I'm not going to just bring some rando over. Um, So I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Let me know in the live chat. Let me know if you're watching the replay. But on day two, they're meeting her daughter and her mom. Um, And, you know, Jesse is freaking out. He didn't anticipate that that would happen so quickly. He continues to reiterate that it's only been 24 hours. And, you know, he doesn't have a really good history with kids. He doesn't have an experience with kids. He talks about Darcy. And I was waiting, you guys. I was like, how long is it going to take him to mention Darcy in some capacity? Because Jesse always mentions Darcy. Um, But he said, you know, he didn't do well with Darcy's kids. And it was a disaster um, because he has no experience as a father figure. And that's fair. And I feel like that's a conversation, like I tell you guys, that you should have up front. Have that conversation up front. If Jesse's feeling nervous because he has no experience with kids, does it make sense for you to then introduce him on day two of you guys meeting just because you guys had sex? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's it's interesting. So um, Jesse's super nervous. It's a big step he feels in their relationship. And so, you know, he doesn't know what to think. So they go to like, Looked like a bar, but I'm thinking it was a restaurant. Um, and they meet Violet and Leonardi, which is her mom. And her mom's beautiful. Her mom looks exactly like her twin. Like those two could be twinsies for sure. Um, and they get introduced. The mom looks not impressed at all and basically says she's not impressed. She's like, yeah, he's handsome. But, you know, I'm looking for stability for my daughter and my granddaughter I want them to have a family and I want the stability. I don't want this whole new man every five minutes, which I think makes sense. The mom's like, I've been here, done that before with you. Nothing ever happened. Like, why should we then now subject Violet to another new dude? Like, this dude looks like he's handsome, but what's he bringing to the table? And I have to agree with the mom in that point. Like, you got to think about your kid, you know, you got to think about your kid. Um, so they get in the car. It's silent because, you know, there's a language barrier. Plus Jesse's super nervous. Jesse's not good with kids because he has no experience with kids. Um, but he wants to connect with Violet, but he's just never been around kids. Right. So when the produce- producer asks, you know, is this all too fast? I love how Jesse does this because he does it all the, t- the time. He's like, that's a really good question. I love the question. I'll say I'm overwhelmed. Yeah, it's too fast. Just say it's too fast. Everything is fast. Y'all, 
jumped into the bed together within 24 hours and now 20 maybe 28 30 hours later you're meeting her kid yeah it's too fast and it's okay to say that it's too fast hey zoe from south africa um so jesse's freaking out it's too much for him he's feeling overwhelmed but meanwhile jennifer's over there she's super happy about the whole situation because she says that her and her daughter are a package deal she wants to make sure that jesse's good with her kid because he's already good with her um and then she asks him do you see yourself being a dad and again he says good question not only is that a good question but at the right age and the right person perhaps he sees himself as a dad not yeah i see myself as a dad right now in this moment and i see myself as a father figure to violet he is definitely not saying that at all at all so i feel like that component of it is moving too fast i really do and jesse is showing her that he's indeed not ready to be a father figure so i think that maybe that's a conversation you have and i personally think you should have had that conversation before you brought violet into the situation and what i thought was so just so jesse was as soon as they got to the park right so they were going to the park to play on the swings and walk around whatever but the first thing that he wanted to do is take a selfie and the little girl is looking at him like why am I taking a picture with you? I don't even know you. <sighs> so funny. Oh, same. Every time I see Jesse on screen, I think of your birthday cameo. Uh, Midwife Crystal got me this wonderful birthday cameo because I am fascinated with um, Jesse's travels. And so I call them my telenovela. So it was very nice uh, to have that. Dopey dope with the Christmas bonuses. I appreciate you. Um, so Jesse brought gifts. So he had the presence of mind to say, hey, you know what? I'm not good with kids. I have no experience with them, but I do know that I should bring a gift. So he brought those dolls. I don't remember the name of them, but he brought those dolls and, and that seemed to make Violet happy. And it definitely made jennifer happy which i you know you guys because we cover the family chantelle and my whole thing is like it, it can't just be about the stuff it has to be about the connection because how do you build a solid foundation um with just the stuff it's got to be more than just the stuff you know what i mean um I don't know. We'll see. So anyways, they are, it's the next day now. They are going paragliding, which I would love to do, you guys. It looks so much fun. If any of you guys have, have done it, please do let me know how that experience was. Because I'm about that. Like, that is definitely on my list of, of things to, to try. So they go paragliding. It was super cool. I loved it. Um, and they went separately, and they're gliding through the air, and it looked like all the fun. And then they land and they have this meet cute moment. And I was trying to think of the movie and I'm sure one of you guys is going to tell me, but he's standing there. She's standing there. She runs to him. She jumps on him, wraps her legs and her arms around him. They start making out 
and say how they're connected on so many levels, on a soul level, their soulmates, all the things. And I was like, this is a whole moment happening, which, you know, if you know, you know, like, I get that. And I'm totally like, it just felt very meet cute, uh, you know, like a, I don't know, I'm, wa- I'm reading a romance novel or I'm watching a rom-com. Like that, that's what it gave me those vibes like. But the, I mean, they were happy and they were happy until they were going for dinner after and they're going to dinner uh, with her cousin and uh, Kakao. Now, let me tell you something. I absolutely love that dude. I love his bravado, his confidence, and his no-nonsense talk. So um, they get there. There's like some small talk. Again, there is a language barrier. And what I've noticed is that they were not trying to translate anything for Jesse. So Jesse's just looking around, but he's feeling the energy, and he's seeing that 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 there's something going on, this weird energy. Because Kakao is just looking at Jennifer and, you know, saying all these things in Spanish and is looking at her. And you could tell, like, he's he's like, and what? Did you tell him about me? What does he know about you? This guy looks like, he looks good, but he doesn't look, like, strong, Latin like you. Like, he just was going off, you guys. And I thought it was hilarious. Um, so Kakao asks about Jesse's intentions. And, you know, do you think you can satisfy her? <laughs> Um, and, uh, Jesse asked him, like, were you guys in a relationship? Like what's going on? And Jennifer's like, no, we've just been friends for 10 years. We dated for like two months, but nothing ever really happened. Everything is super clear. Now we stopped a long time ago, totally downplaying it. Um, totally downplaying it and acting like it was nothing. Like Jennifer's like, this is nothing. Now, I personally think that that's amazing to me that you can be on a double date with your dude that just maybe a week ago you were hitting it. And then your other dude who just flew in that you just met in real life and you're hitting it there. And then you're like, hey, let's all go for dinner. That's impressive, you guys. Not very many people can pull that off. And I don't know if it's just because Jesse had no idea what was going on originally. Uh, but I just can't imagine. Can you imagine your two dates and you and your friend are hanging out? And both both of the dates are there for you? <laughs> uh, Mary says, cacao was probably the best sex that Jennifer ever had. Probably. That's probably why, you know, he stays around for 10 years following her around and why she allows it. And Crystal says, Cacao has no chill. He's letting Jesse know, I'll take you, your chick any day, even while you're with her. Those are facts. Um, and Patty thinks that Jennifer was acting very like high schoolish. So, um,
when Jennifer said, like, all the things are clear right now, like, it's clear, there's nothing going on. Kakao says, like, maybe for you, it's clear. For me, it's never going to be clear. Like, I will be here. And he basically is like, I'm going to get this woman back, despite what you think. I'm going to end up with her because I'm going to fight for her. Um, which, you know, he might not be wrong. Like, just like how uh, Mary said in the live chat, that they probably have crazy good sexual chemistry. And maybe Kakao has is Jennifer's best sex that she ever had because it's not Jesse because she made it clear it wasn't Jesse when she shook her head and said, well, maybe he's one of the best. So maybe, maybe that's going to happen. So Jesse ends up being surprised that the two of them dated and now he has some trust issues with Jennifer um, because he can tell that Kakasta has feelings for her and when Kakao asks Jesse, what's more important, your personal goals or your relationship goals? And Jesse's like, well, obviously my relationship goals. And I had to think, like, is it though? Because everything that you exude, Jesse, it seems like your personal goals are your most important goals. And then if a relationship fits into your personal goals, then you'll go with that. But you can say for now, I guess, that relationship goals. But Jennifer wasn't impressed with this. She ended up like, I want to go to sleep right now. Um, She wants to leave. So she wrapped the dinner up like immediately. And as they were leaving, Jesse continued to talk about how when he came to Columbia, he had no expectations. But now he really has some trust issues with Jennifer. You know, he doesn't care how long she was single, but she shouldn't have lied about it, which she knew from the get-go that she should have told him, hey, there's another dude um, that I've been seeing. But instead, she led him to believe that she had been single for the full three years um, that she said she was single. So he feels like kind of bamboozled over the situation and lied to um, and, you know, rightfully, rightfully so. Now, Jennifer doesn't think this whole thing is a big deal at all. And so she's downplaying it in the car. Uh, he asked, you know, were you guys in a relationship? And she's like, no, we were never in a relationship. And so then Jesse's like, so you guys were never intimate. Now, instead of saying, so you guys never had sex. Cause you know, how Jesse talks, Jesse talks like that. He talks like, so, uh, you know, were you two ever intimate? Instead of just like cutting the chase, and because he said intimate, she was able to say no, there was no intimacy, right? Because just having sex and being intimate with someone are two separate things in her mind. So she feels like she's not lying, even though you know that she's lying. So then she says, No, we were never intimate. Um, and then the producers call her out. He's like, well, the producers are like, so is Kakao lying when he said that you were the best sex that he ever had? Um, so is he lying? And she's like, well, she didn't say he wasn't lying. She said he's bragging. He's showing off. Um, but it, there was no intimacy. Yeah, yeah, there was no intimacy. Girl, you better stop with this lying on international TV so that when we all watch the replay, we're all like, See, 
this girl has been lying to you. Jesse is already saying that he has trust issues. So, like, cut it out. Uh, Patty said, yeah, she would lie anyways and giggle into her hand. And Crystal says, no, they were never intimate. He just blew her back out. Facts. Facts. Absolute facts. So I feel like the chemistry is there for these two. And I think that they may be able to like ride that wave for some time, but they're going to have to have some real conversations, right? Because I feel like they're two in two different spots in their lives. Like, yeah, they're both young. I'm still surprised, you guys, that Jesse's only 28. I, I'm surprised by that still. I don't know why I felt he was, like, in his 30s. But he's only 28. I just can't believe it. But whatever. Anyhow, uh, and she's, like, what, 24? So they're young. They're young. They're going to have, like, the passion and all the stuff. But they're going to also have to have the conversations about what's real, right? Because... As you see in social media now, they've been like traveling and gallivanting all over the world and doing all these telenovelas and like photo shoots and all the things. And everyone keeps saying like, where's her kid? She is not going to be able to sustain that lifestyle because, yeah, she has a kid to raise. Um, so what does that look like for them moving forward in the future? Now, Natalie. Natalie is so dramatic. And I... I'm just having a hard time with her whole situation. I don't know about y'all, but I feel like she's just gotten crazier and crazier and crazier. Like she needs to reel in the crazy. I feel like she needs to go to a therapist and deal with all of her issues because now like you can be crazy and that's cool, right? Be crazy, but you can't be crazy. And, and then super judgy and put your hands on people because that's your crazy. That doesn't even make any sense. Like, judgy crazy? How can you judge someone when you already, you're like, you're self-proclaimed crazy? Anyways, back in episode four, she was going on her second date with Johnny, and they were going to a turtle sanctuary, and uh, she talked about how she missed the pet rat and found out that uh, the rat ran away and wanted to be free just like her. Uh, they both wanted to be free of the ranch, she said. Uh, so Johnny shows up at her hotel. He's he's picked her up. And I think it must have been like a muggy Florida day because he was like sweating bullets everywhere. And it was very noticeable. Um, and she tells us that, you know, Johnny doesn't know that she's still married. And at some point she wants to tell him um, that she's married. And so when they get in the car, she's like snacking and looking around and just being Natalie. And she tells him that she's still married. Is that a problem? And he's like, yeah, it can be. But she's like, but I'm separated. And he's like, well, you know what? It is what it is. You know, I understand. I have a friend who has been separated for years and is in a different relationship and all the things, but she's never gotten around to actually getting divorced. Um, and so he's like, it is what it is. And then they have this weird, oh, snap slang banter. She doesn't know what oh, snap means. And and he explains, like, it's an alternative to, like, oh. Um, and so now she's, like, saying, oh, fuck. 
oh fuck everywhere instead of saying oh snap because she thinks it's funny they get to the sanctuary um and the first fish she sees she's like oh this fish is a star like me um and starts laughing and natalie is not the most humble like she definitely thinks a lot of herself and proclaims it audibly often uh she's a queen she's a star she's a this she's a that okay okay and everyone's beneath you okay okay you have super intellect okay okay um so they're at the sanctuary they're looking at the fish johnny's like gently guiding her and you know like touching her they're on a date right so trying to like connect somehow and she's not comfortable at all she doesn't like that he's touching her he doesn't want her to touch her when johnny touches her it makes her uncomfortable in her country you know you don't touch until you're in a serious relationship so she really doesn't like it so she confronts him about it um and says i like you as a per- person but not sure about all these touchy things so she's basically saying i like you as a person and thanks for hanging out and occupying my time, but I'm really not that into you is, is basically what she's saying. But instead she says, I'm like the turtle. Uh, I'm a good catch, but I need some rehabilitation, which those are facts. And like I said, please go see a therapist immediately, if not sooner. Um, so <laughs> she says, just like the turtles who need their own personal swimming pools for rehabilitation she needs her own space for rehabilitation um and johnny sees you know he sees that she's pushing him away but he wants to still try to pursue it and try to break her out of her shell um and i just think like if we talk about love languages they clearly have two different love languages she is clearly a touchy-feely type and he is and again, if you guys would communicate, then you would know these things moving forward. Um, and I just think that Natalie is making excuses, you guys, because I thought then thought back to when she met Mike and how they dated and how they were like, she was all over him, like laughing and giggling and she didn't have a problem with the touch, right? But all of a sudden you're not a touchy person. It's kind of weird to me. Now, my theory is, you know, she had an agenda and you guys know that I've said this and I brought the receipts, but her whole entire goal when she was living in Russia was to come to America. And I have to remind you guys that Natalie is three marriages deep. Okay. So she's acting like she's brand new that, you know, Mike was her first ex-husband. No, he's her third. So all of this, I don't know how to be single and I'm just broken and all the stuff. Yeah. But you did it three times. So at what point do you focus on yourself and deal with all of your issues before you put that crazy on others? Because you did it once, didn't work, did it twice, didn't work, did it third time and now it doesn't work. And yet you're still out there literally terrorizing your dates it's weird like work on yourself you clearly have some issues to work on 
anyways, um, she tells him that she's destroyed emotionally and, you know, it's just been so long for her and she, she, um, hasn't been single that long and she's like broken. And he says, you know, let's try to work this out. Let's try to, to work through this and talk about this. And all he does is pull her clothes and she says, stop it. This is not fucking funny. And she slaps the shit out of him. And then starts pouting and says, I want to go home. And on the ride home, she's like, this is the end of Johnny. I won't be going out with him again. And when they get to back to her hotel, she's, he's like, can I walk you to your room? She's like, no, and walks away all like super defensive, super aggressive, slams the door behind her. And I just was thought like all of that was so unnecessary. A, you should never put your hands on anyone. Uh, especially someone that you were on, like, what, a third date? I know she said the second date, but really it's their third date. And you're surprised that he wants to touch you on a third date? It's not like he was trying to, like, make out with you or anything. He was, like, just his hand on the small of your back. He tries to pull you closer so that you can kind of try to, I don't know. If you don't like it, then say you don't like it, but doesn't give you the right to slap him at all. (sighs) I'm telling you. Susan said he dodged a bullet and Crystal said she hit the right one. She better be glad he didn't have cat-like reflexes. Facts. He'd be in jail, so would you. Um, so she thinks he's too um, touchy and then because she's super dramatic she said that she had a terrible experience with him and she's telling her friends as they're having their beach day uh, that she slapped him because he tried to kiss her. He wasn't trying to kiss her, you guys. If you guys go watch, watch that scene back, he was just trying to bring her closer so that they can talk through her issues. <laughs> and then she even says in her own words that she overreacts and that she's like an animal that needs to be tamed. And she does like that that cat thing. And I was like, again, you know you're crazy. So why don't you deal with the crazy? Like, at what point do you say, like, I need to work on myself? When do you take responsibility for your own actions? When does that happen? Why is everyone else the worst? Mike's the worst. Your ex-husband, number two, is the worst because he didn't want to leave Cyprus because he had two kids and you really wanted to move to New York. And he didn't want to leave his kids, so he's the worst. And then husband number one, he's the worst too because he was too busy working and making money. So he wasn't paid. Like, at what point is it you? That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. So she says she's overreacting. She's like an animal that needs to be tamed. And I think her friend, and I can't remember the friend's name. It's somewhere here, but Oh, Jolanta. I think her friend Jolanta was on point. She's like, come on, Natalie. Like, what's wrong with kissing on a first date, you know, or even a third date, whatever the case may be. And Natalie's like, he could see by my body language that I wasn't into that. Well, then why did you continue to go on dates with him? Because it really wasn't the first date, you guys. It was their third date. And I recall you saying that you were having such a good time with him and he was fun and definitely want to go out with him. And I think Stevie said right here, she's definitely got an agenda that has nothing to do with being intimate with a man. Facts, because 
she liked him so much because he was a model that could introduce her to the modeling community and brought her to a little model mini convention. And so he was working for her. He was working for her because her whole thing is, I need someone who's going to make it happen for my goals. And instead of thinking like, hey, how can I make my goals and dreams come true on my own? I need some man to do it. And if the man doesn't do it, then he sucks. And if you look back at her history with Mike, Mike was no saint. And you look back over history for other two husbands, it's the same pattern repeating itself over and over again. If you don't fit into her agenda, then you're the one that sucks. Which, what do you do with that? Facts. She's happy being on camera, though. Those are facts. Um, so her friend Jolanta says, so let me get this straight. You saw, you thought he was trying to kiss you. You didn't want to kiss him and he should have known by your body language. So what you want him to read your mind now, like use your words and communicate. How is he supposed to know? He doesn't even know you that well. But he's supposed to know that, oh, this is how I feel because my body language is saying that. Um, and then Jel Jelanta's like, so you don't want to be hugged or kissed? And she says, no. She's like, no, I'm fucked up. I'm fucked up with my brain. I don't trust people. And I will not let anyone close to me unless I'm sure. Okay. And then goes on to say that she's not a whore. So let me get this straight. You're in a dating relationship. So not a friendship, a dating relationship who at some point you're going to want to get intimate with that person on whatever level, but you don't want to be hugged and you don't want to be kissed. You're fucked up in your brain. You don't trust people and you don't want to let anyone close to you unless you're sure. Then let me ask you, and I am asking you, everyone watching, why the fuck are you on 90 day, the single life dating? Why not? Go ahead and sit in the corner and figure that shit out for yourself. I, it doesn't make sense. You don't want to date and you don't want to let anyone in. And you know you're fucked up in your brain. But, oh, the cameras are here. I can do another season of The Single Life, but I don't really want to date anyone. Unless they can offer me something, then maybe. Ridiculous. Oh, just ridiculous. Um, so because her friend, uh, Jolanta was questioning her and kind of showing her what she was saying didn't make any sense. Natalie kind of freaks out on her friend. Um, and the friend is looking at her like, what's your problem? And then the other friend, Ryan is like, Hey, listen, we just want to support you. We want to support what you want. And Natalie's like, yeah, sorry. It's not you. It's me. You know, I just don't want to be hurt. I'm scared. I'm so sorry. Um, you know, I'm just desperate for a child. I want to have a baby. I'm 37 years old. I might not uh, have a kid at all. That's sad. And then we find out that she has daddy issues. The dad left um, after she was born. So I think she has obviously some abandonment issues. But the thing is, again, I'm going to say it. You've been married three friggin' times. When at some point, 
at what point do you work on your own issues? You clearly have them. You even said you're fucked up in your brain and you say you have dad issues and you have dad issues because he left your mom single after you were born. But then you go ahead and get married three more, three times and you don't work on any of your issues. Um, so she then goes on to say that she's a very damaged person who wants a family and security, but she's going to end up alone because she has so much pain inside her. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to say it again. I can't, I cannot say it enough. Hurt people hurt people. And broken people, when you're with someone, that person can't make you whole. You have to make yourself whole. And so when a whole person meets another whole person, then that's when you have the most successful relationships. But having a baby, having a baby is not going to change you being fucked up inside. If anything, you're going to fuck up your child and they're going to be fucked up in child because you never dealt with your issues. Now, there's nothing wrong with dealing with like your mental health and all the stuff. I encourage it. Go see a therapist and work your shit out and so that you're not just unloading on people that don't deserve to be unloaded on, a.k.a. this Johnny guy, a.k.a. your friends Ryan and Jolanta. They didn't deserve to be treated the way they were treated because you you want to just go off and it's okay for you to just be crazy and, and mean to people because that's who you are. Now deal with your shit, deal with your issues. And like, don't divert that anger and hostility onto other people. It's, it's unhealthy, but yet you want those people to be there for you. Anyhow, up next, Sinjin. Sinjin's little opening, you guys, cracks me up so much. It cracks me up so much, like trying to be all serious. Uh, so the last time from episode four, him and Tanya were not speaking uh, because she blamed him for their failed marriage and the family blamed him. Everyone was blaming him. Uh, so he's meeting up with his friend, Phil, um, who's his best friend in Connecticut. And they're having some drinks on the patio. He tells him about Tanya um, and like Tanya wanting to change him, Tanya forcing him to go to therapy, Tanya wanting babies, all the things. And Phil's like, you know, your best option really is to move on from Tanya. Like just move on. And by that, you need to move out. And, you know, you should download this dating app. Which is so funny to me, you guys, because last year, I don't know if you guys remember, but when it leaked that he was on Bumble and it was like all over Reddit, it was all, I think I even posted it or talked about it at the very least. Uh, so he did actually really do download that, that dating app and went on it. Uh, and so he downloads the app, but he's super hesitant because he still feels married. His friend like encourages him, don't worry. Like, just do it. Download the app. So he downloads Bumble. Um, he's looking at all the different types of girls, and he's swiping. I don't know which one means what, but he's swiping left. He's swiping right, blah, blah, blah. Um, and he says, you know, he's just looking at all di all different types. He's open to all different types of women. A blonde Southern girl, a goth girl, a nun of nuns date. He's like anyone. And he's excited to be single again. Uh, he thinks Tanya is probably going to freak out if she finds out that he's going to be on a dating app, but he also feels that he should tell her, right? Because at this point, they were still living together, were still sleeping together. They were still acting like they were 
they were in a relationship. Now you guys know my whole theory on this. So it's not surprising that they're, they're doing those things still. Uh, and then he got this text from my ex coworker, the one to hang out because they saw the ex saw the ex coworker saw him on the app. Right. And so dopey dope, you're making my night. You're making my night. I really appreciate your support. I really do. I think that people don't realize that the, the support like this just helps the show continue and it helps me and I and all the tea and effort I bring into the show. So I really do appreciate you. Thank you so very, 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 very much. Um, so he goes home and tells Tanya, he's up front with her. He's like, Hey, my ex coworker saw me on this dating app that I downloaded. And, you know, I think I want to hang out with her. You know, how would you feel? And she's like, how would you feel if I had an app and I downloaded it? Um, and he's like, well, you know, you know, we were, we're separating for a while. Um, and she's like, yeah, but we're not actually separated yet. And I think that that is something that we should like, they should talk about really, because how can you say, yeah, we're separated and we're divorcing, but then at the same time, you're like, yes, dopey dope is amazing. Yes. Yes. You got to have a clean break. You guys, you can't be, you can't break up, especially your marriage that you've been in for a few, at least a few years and still be sleeping together, still be cleaning together and hanging out and doing all the things and, and stay in the same house and be like, Oh, but no, we're separated. No, we're divorcing. You got, you need a clean break. If that's what you're doing, then do the clean break. Um, yeah. Faith says, yeah, he was honest. He doesn't want kids, which is one of their biggest contentions, but I think that there was a lot more going on. However, I don't think Tanya actually thought he would actually leave. I think that she thought he was going through the motions, um, and that he would not actually leave. So when he mentioned that there was another girl that texted him, that kind of set her off, right? Because it was a little bit of a reality slap in the face because she was acting really throughout at least these few episodes that, that yeah, the lip service that you were separating, but I don't think she really thought it was going to happen. So when the new girl, not new girl, but his ex coworker texts and then he, she found out about the dating, all this stuff that really hurt her because, you know, they were quote unquote roommates with benefits. And she's like, we were never roommates with benefits. We are still married. We cook, we clean, we cry together, we sleep together. We are not roommates with benefits. Hence the reason I'm saying you need a clean break then. Because obviously the two of you are like acting super codependent. If you really want to break up, then break up. But if you don't want to break up, then don't break up. But you can't be in this weird middle space. Or can you? Um, so she says, you know, we're in the process of separation, but we haven't quite separated yet. Um, and she wants him to litter. Thank you, Dopey Dope. I really appreciate you. Thank you so very, 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 very much for all of your support. Um, she's like, we're in the process of separation, but we're not yet. So until we actually move out, it doesn't feel right that you go on dates um, and then you come home to me. It doesn't seem right to me. Um, and so 
he can't go on the date. And Tanya is basically like, I don't want to let this relationship go. She really wants to work in it. She feels like he didn't put enough effort in to make it work. Um, but he wants, he wants to go, you guys. And so he's moving out um, and thought that their last day, no, excuse me. He thought that they'd, they'd last to the end of days. Uh, but he feels like he needs to start life over again. So he's moving to Arizona. Uh, he has a friend out there that uh, he's going to be staying with. Um, and he's actually divorcing. It's not what Tanya wanted, but it has to be done. And so that's what they've decided that they're going to do. So Tanya's in the bathroom. She's getting all dolled up for their last night together. Uh, she's putting on her sexy lingerie. Um, they're just going to have one last romantic night together. So they're outside having wine on the gazebo uh, with their wedding glasses. If that's not a whole lot of pressure, I don't know what is. Um, Sinjin talks about he's sad that it couldn't last and it breaks his heart. Uh, but the relationship was a lot of strain and an emotional and emotional input on his part. Um and then Tanya's like, well, I feel like you didn't try hard enough. And he's like, you know, I just got sick of the constant arguing, you know, and staying in Connecticut was an issue. And they start fighting you guys. And she's like, don't challenge me because anytime you challenge me, you can never meet the challenge. I was like, oh, whoa, Tanya, whoa, whoa. He's not your child. He's supposed to be your husband. And you guys should be able to communicate effectively. And guess what? When you don't agree, you should be able to be critical in a constructive manner. So this is exactly what he was talking about. Between the two of you, I obviously are not communicating because every you now think that he should not ever challenge you, not ever. So you're always right. That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and so he, she starts freaking out. He starts freaking out. And he's like, stop blaming me. You know, I'm not going to sacrifice my happiness anymore. He starts crying. Um, and she storms out and he was like, you know, I wanted to hold her for one last night and just have a nice night before I left in the morning. And he starts crying and he's drinking his wine. He throws the glass, the grass breaks in bits and pieces. And he's like, that's basically a metaphor for this relationship, broken and shattered. So he ends up sleeping on the couch, uh, which I thought was eh, interesting. You know, I get that he's a free spirit, but like you just had your outside clothes on and you just took your shirt off and you slept in your shorts and like wash your face, brush your teeth, all the things, but whatever, whatever works for you. Um, but then he gets up in the morning, puts the same shirt on I don't know. Just a little personal hygiene in there would be nice. Uh, he's leaving today, but he wants to leave on good terms. So when Tanya comes in the kitchen, she's not talking to him at first, walks behind him, um, and he kind of breaks the ice there and says, you know, I wanted to apologize to you. It's not the way I want things to end, and I don't want us to be on shitty terms, you know, when I leave. Uh, and she, Tanya admits that she lets her anger get her best of her instead of compassion, uh, but they both want to leave with love. And so that's what they try to do. 
but Tanya really doesn't want it to end. And she's, she's, you know, she wants him to stay and that there are things that they can work on and it's heartbreaking, but she wants to work through it. And he's like, no, I think that this is the right move. I need to go. And they hug, they cry. He wrote her a letter and he got her three protection rocks um, saying, you know, let the spirits protect you now that I can't. I want you to find happiness. I want you to be happy and I will always love you. And she's like, I'll love you too. And all this shit is packed up in the car and he drives away and he cry he's crying, driving away. Now I have a whole theory on this, you guys. I don't think that they're actually going to be done. I don't. I don't believe it for one minute. And I've talked about this. I think that they might have this like open type type, type style relationship, find them, themselves doing a bit of that and then get back to each other. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I'll keep you posted. I might ear to the ground on this one. Uh, Stephanie was in uh, one of the episodes, but she wasn't in all of the episodes that we're catching up on. But Stephanie was on the date with her hairstylist, who's also named Stephanie. Uh, they're getting dessert back at her house. Um, and, you know, she's ready to scissor with her date, Stephanie. But she's nervous because, you know, it's been two and a half years since she's had sex with someone. Um, but they get ice cream, chocolate ice cream cones. They get in bed and there's lots of giggles and compliments. Um, Stephanie, our Stephanie says, hey, you know, I would love to kiss you. And date Stephanie is like, are you asking? And our Stephanie is like, yes. And then she says, okay. So they kiss. Um, our Stephanie offers a massage. The date's like, no, it's getting late. I have to work early in the morning. And so she leaves and Stephanie takes it super personally. She doesn't know what it's like. It broke her little ego. Um, but what she didn't know, because again, they don't communicate, right? Communication is key. Date Stephanie, it was like, this is our first date. Um, you know, things went as far as they should on that date for her own personal uh, comfort level, right? But our Stephanie is confused and thinks that she's scared. Date Stephanie off. And that's not what happened. You were just moving super fast because in your mind, you're like, yeah, I want to have sex right now because it's been two and a half years and I'm ready. But this is still a first date for your date. And it cannot be assumed unless post, both people are in that space that you're going to be intimate on the first date. You, you don't know each other. So uh, Stephanie's confused. Uh, she's hoping that it works out because if it doesn't work out, uh, she's going to have to go back into the dating pool. And she says she's pretty sure there's pee in it. And I agree. I'm pretty sure there is pee in it. Dating is freaking hard, you guys. It really is hard. And online dating is like a hot mess. And it really is like a job. Really. It's like a job. It was so much easier when we we're younger. So if anyone's like 21, still like find your person because woo, after that, it gets harder. And last and certainly not least, because she's my absolute favorite so far on this whole single life season is Debbie. Uh, she's not fighting about moving out anymore. Uh, she's on a makeover mission with Vanessa and she talks about, you know, why would anyone want to date a 16 year old woman, you know, who looks like this? She wants to start taking pride in herself again. 
Uh, she had a date. She has a date with Jay, who she met on a dating app that we meet that I have all the questions about. But he's 6'1", 200 pounds. Um, what I love about Debbie is she's being honest about like just the dating process because anyone that's dating right now, you guys know it's not easy, right? And so she talks about how being alone for so long takes your confidence away, which I absolutely agree with because then you start doubting yourself and you start thinking like, is it me? Am I ever going to meet the person? Is it my looks? Is it this? Is all the thing? Your mind starts, you know, going there. So she is going to start working on herself. So she goes to uh Cairo tank to get frozen. It's like a hundred negative 142 degrees. She's getting Botox injectables and just like, feeling better about herself and then she goes shopping she finds all these cute outfits that first outfit was super cute the shorts with the top and then she tries a dress on she tries a pant outfit on uh all the cute looks and gets a whole new little wardrobe for her and i think a little bit of a confidence boost right then she goes to the hairdresser she's got a new look she's gonna get color or bangs or whatever but she just wants to get rid of the gray and we also find out that this is the first time that she's ever gotten her hair done professionally which i thought was a sweet moment for her at 69 you know and so all she knows is that she wants to stop being friend zone she wants to be in the romantic zone and she wants to you know share this new chapter in her life with somebody uh so uh, she gets this beautiful red hair. She looks fire. Everything about her, she got her makeup done, her lashes done, all the things done, done. She looks incredible. It's a nice, incredible makeover. And I was very happy for her. Uh, and her friends are laughing. She's so, She was with her friend at the hair salon. And they're talking about, which is the truth? This is true, you guys. STDs are the highest rates in retirement homes. That is the truth. If you look it up, it's true. So her friend's like, you better have condoms in your wallet at all times. And Debbie laughs because she had like a whole wild side. She grew up in the 60s and 70s. So she definitely had some one night stands before. But now she's looking for a love connection. And like I said earlier, someone to share the rest of this journey with her. And so she looks amazing. Her hair is great. Her makeup is great. She's feeling more confident, but she's still nervous about her day with Jay. Uh, and then Jay shows up. Now, Debbie says, you know, the biggest thing is, you know, she put all this effort in to look good for her date. The very least he could do is compliment her, right? So she opens the door. He says, hey, how you doing? You ready? Looks at her, looks up and down. Let's go. Doesn't acknowledge her new look. Doesn't, doesn't like, do, he opens the door for him, her, for her. I'll give him that. But as soon as he gets in the car, you guys, he, he burps as he gets in the car. And then Debbie, like, you see her turn her head and she's like laughing on the inside. Um, And he's like, I didn't recognize you, he said. And that's all he said. I didn't recognize you. And Debbie gets pissed because, you know, she feels like he hasn't said one nice word to her. She put in all this effort. She could have stayed at home with her cats and her wine and her kids and would have been happy enough. But all of this effort and this dude is burping and not acknowledging how beautiful she looks because she really did look beautiful. 
Um, and so we find out that Jay is 58. And they're driving. Debbie's trying to make small talk. Like, where are we going? He's like, oh, I don't know. I just put it in the GPS. She's super disappointed in this dude. But she's trying to make it work. Um, we find out Jay's from New Jersey. He's been living in Vegas for 16 years. And I don't know. There's something about him. I, I'm trying to... What is it, you guys? Did any, does anyone know what it is? Yes. Yes, he's so awkward. But it's more than that. There's something about him. There's something about him, you guys. I don't know what it is. Do you guys know? Let me know in the live chat. Let me know. Something about him that's just off. And I'm trying to figure out what it is. So he parks the car. Instead of like, hey, careful as you get out. Careful with your door because it's a new car. Let me tell you something, you guys. And maybe this is why I'm single, but I would not have lasted on this date. Like, let's not even go in. We can turn around and you can just take me home. But if it was me, we wouldn't have actually been in the same car. Like, I would have met you there. But I'm just saying, like, rude. Just rude. Um, Jay openly admits that he's not good with the ladies. He has not ever been good with the ladies. And uh, they get inside. And he's, there's like awkward silence. There's no small talk. And Debbie's like, you know, on the app, he was super outgoing. And in real life, he's not talkative. And so he had the presence of mind to start playing this card game, which I thought was a great idea as well. Um, and so it's like asking questions. Like first questions, like, have you ever had a one night stand? And Jay's like, oh, I never had a one night stand. I'm a good boy. Have you? Uh, she's like, well, you know, I grew up in the 60s and 70s, so yeah, I have. And he's, like, taken aback by it a little bit, thinks that, like, she's not a good girl. But put it in the perspective, they were all free love and whatever it is, peace, love, and harmony back then. Um, Debbie is agreeing that the game is making this date a little bit more fun, and... Then the question is asked, you're walking on the beach and you see a couple making or having sex. Do you stay and watch the couple have sex or do you walk away? What do you think Jay said? Jay said he stays. I was like, I expect that from you because that is so like peeping Tom vibe. I can't put my my finger on why you're like something about you is just kind of like off. So of course he would stay. Anyone else would just be like, oh, my God, and walk away. You would stay and watch them? I wouldn't be surprised if he pulled out his, his camera and tried to video it all. Anyhow, um, he ends the date really abruptly. He's like, oh, I got to work in the morning. You got to go. And Debbie thinks that she's being friend-zoned. I'm personally thinking you dodged a bullet, Debbie. This I have Something about this dude is like, it's just off. I don't, I don't know what it, something about him is off you guys. And it's really bothering me because I can't put my finger on it, but I just, I cannot with this J guy. Um, but he asked for a second date and she agrees to it. And in the car, he says to her, you're just a plain Jane. And how is that a compliment? Debbie wants to know, you know, just like a normal person. 
That is not what that means. By any stretch of the imagination, that is not what that means. So Jay's like, you know, I had a good time. I felt like there was a connection. And I was like, really, you guys, where? Did I miss it? Did I miss part of this date? Because it was all bad to me, all of it, from as soon as he, she opened the door and he arrived. All downhill, in my opinion. But apparently, he had a good time. He feels a connection. And she had a good time enough to say, yeah, I'll have a second date with you. And again, I'm saying to you guys, did I miss something? What did I miss? Because I don't see it. They hug uh, because Jay doesn't kiss on the first date. And then because, of course, he does. He has something to tell Debbie. He needs to talk to her about it on that second date. I don't know what that is. I would love to have a little contest with you guys. What do you think he needs to tell her? What's the big secret that he needs to talk to her about? Um, yeah, that was that was all the episodes. Like I said, this could be easily a two-hour special and be enough. But we're all caught up. I'm super curious what you guys think his big secret is before the big reveal. Let me know in the comments uh, on the replay. And uh, it's been fun, you guys. I'm glad we were able to catch up. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Uh, happy Hanukkah. What else? Happy Kwanzaa. All the holiday stuff. Wherever you guys are, be safe. Stay safe. Um, love on each other. Oh, Lord, Stevie. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Stevie says he's probably imp impotent. And Mary, you guys are going dark. Mary says he probably loves watching porn. Okay, so we have two theories out there. Both very, very dark. Um, but keep them coming, you guys. Keep them coming. Keep your theories coming before the next episode. And I will definitely uh, comment back to you. But have a happy holiday. And I enjoy you guys. And again, um, Thank you guys all for the support and Dopey Dope specifically. I appreciate you coming in and blessing my page and blessing my show. Until next time, you guys. Bye for now.